Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. The Big Nine comes through from Bathurst tomorrow night. There's four Group 1 features, two for the three-year-olds and two for the two-year-olds. And the buzz horse right now is this uh, very, very, very talented two-year-old colt by the name of Petrarca. He's named after the uh, Melbourne Demons midfielder, absolute gun, Christian Petrarca. And uh, this guy, that the pacer, is certainly living up to his namesake because he couldn't have been any more impressive taking out his heat, which was his first start last uh, Wednesday night, so yesterday, a week ago. And uh, he is the clear favourite for this gold crown final. The man that has the seat behind Petrarca is the man in the hot seat right now because he has got some serious power at his disposal. And we're going to talk all things harness racing with Nathan Jack, who's been kind enough to join us online. Nathan, really appreciate the time. Yeah, Chris, always a pleasure. Uh, Petrarca, let's talk about this guy. He is a buzz horse right now. He's got a big namesake to live up to, but uh, so far, so good. Couldn't have been any more impressive on debut last week. Yeah, I thought the same, Chris. You know, he had a lot of things that didn't go in his in his favour early on in the race, and um, to his credit, he, he picked himself up and done a fair bit of work early to find the front. And he, admittedly, after that, he had a cheap trip, but um, still get home in under 28 and done it pretty good was uh, pretty impressive. Juvenile racing, nothing can be taken for granted. And that was the case, uh, as you said, the, the first couple of hundred metres of that race last week. It was it was pretty scary stuff. There was horses going left, right and centre. Were you a little bit uh, tense at the time? Yeah, we always just wanted to stay out of trouble early and then once they settled, sort of press on then. But um, it got a bit hairy there coming into the first turn when Anthony Frisbee's horse galloped and ran off the track and thought he was going to tip us out for for a minute there, but he sort of, to Petrarca's credit, I sort of had to pull him off his feet a little bit and uh, he never missed a beat and, and sort of pulled himself together and um, just, you know, well-trained and, and well-educated and, um, yeah, just signs of a nice horse. Yeah, the ultimate professional, no doubt about it. You let him slide up the home straight a little bit there, 27-5 on the way home, but his last furlong would have been really good. It would have given you a great feel. Yeah, it did. It gave me a real good feel. Um, you know, like he... I was lucky enough to sit on him before Bathurst at the trials and he gave me a great feel there. But um, I, I think sort of being around him this week, I think uh, you'll see a completely different horse again this week. Just on that trial, and that was where the, the buzz really took off because the times were recorded in that trial at Melbourne were just absolutely stunning. But did he just get a little fired up? Was he hitting the wheels or something in that trial? Uh, no, he didn't. He, he was just striding along nice and then we just clicked him up and away he went. He was just a... Yeah, he was just a little rocket, to be honest with you. It surprised me, and I'm pretty sure he didn't surprise Clayton and Emma, but um, surprised me, and, and more so surprised me in the ease that he done it. Okay. Now, the barrier draw was conducted earlier this week. Uh, he's got saddle cloth number 11, but you've got two emergencies to your inside, so there's every possibility that you could be starting from the inside of the second row. What was your first thought, or what was the first reaction with that barrier draw? Uh, well, a lot of them had came out before we... Uh, before we came out, and uh, I think we're only the second last one to come out, so a little bit disappointed in the barrier draw, but just makes my job a little bit harder, really. Um, but I'm sure the horse is good enough to overcome it. So, how do you play this race early from that draw? What what what, what was the initial thought? Um, yeah, I don't know yet. I watch a, a lot of replays over the next 24 hours, and um, 
sort of reassess things then. But I think he's the best horse in the race. He's definitely the fastest horse in the race, I reckon. But, um, you know, you've got options. You stay on the fence and, and sort of rely on a lot of luck or you come off the fence. But then you've got to loop the whole field at some stage. So, you know, that's 6-1 one way, half a dozen the other. But we've just got to weigh things up and, and go right over everything and, and see what happens. Out of the uh, the rivals that you're opposed to tomorrow night, which one stood out uh, as far as the, the the main threat is concerned? Oh, I thought Naturally Gifted ran a really good race in his heat. Um, Nathan Turnbull's horse ran a good race. Uh, um, Ricky Upton's horse, he's a nice horse as well. Sort of if he didn't have that glitch in his form from, from an angle, everyone would probably be raving on about him and not Petrarca. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's a pretty open race and the barrier draws are made it that way. I'm sure if Petrarca had a drawn... One, two, three, probably would have been a dollar thirty. Instead, he's drawn inside the second, and he'll probably go around even money or something like that. Mm, that's very cool. Uh, the, the track now at Bathurst, uh, it looks a lovely track. How do you find it? Yeah, it's a good track now, Chris. It's a lot better than the showgrounds. You know, it was a tight and a bit hairy in the first turn there. But um, I think they go a lot faster now, and they've, they've improved this one. And I think this track's pretty good now. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. How's he trained on this week? Is he ready to go? Yeah, he's jumping out of his skin this week. He um he was a little bit tired when he came up last week from the trip and all that, but he's um I think he's really come on. Um got the two heavy hitters, Emma and Clayton here and, and they're over the moon with him, so if, if they're happy that's enough for me. Okay, we know owner Danny Zavatanos is a, a big Melbourne Demon supporter. Who do you support in the AFL? I'm a bit embarrassed to say it, but Collingwood, but I'm not I'm not uh, a very uh, strong supporter, that's for sure. And their last start winners, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're only as good as your last win. <laughs> <laughs> Too right. Let's talk about the gold tiara final for the two-year-old Phillies and your partner up with your dad and your treasure stride. She was super last week. Did she surprise you in any way, shape or form? Uh, definitely not. No, I've always had a pretty high opinion of her. Um, sort of trials have been pretty strong at home. Um, she, yeah, she's very strong and she's fast. Um just a little bit green, but that's just the way she was. She, I'm sure she'll be a lot sharper come this week too. Her work has been really good this week. Um, she settled in great, eating good, looking the picture. Um, yeah, really happy with her. So she lives up to her pedigree because that pedigree that she possesses is just, it's amazing. Yeah, second to none, isn't it? It's just uh, frightening really to see what she's related to. As far as a danger is concerned here, uh, Jewel Melody went the quickest time of the Phillies last week, but that's a tough draw for her. Do you still rate her chances despite her drawing the outside of the second row? Oh, for sure, yeah. You can never underestimate any of them, you know. Um, she she was a good run in the heat, Jewel Melody. She sat in the death and uh, sort of over-raced, and then when Bernie dropped the button, she sort of really went and went for a long way. So I'm pretty sure that he'll probably be wanting to get in the race at some stage as well. So I'll be uh, expecting him to come around and... and whether we're in front or in the death, here we outside us somewhere, um, and I'm sure it'll be a genuine run last 800, that's for sure. Okay. Lightning Dan and the Group 1 Gold Chalice for the three-year-old Colton Geldings. Were you a little disappointed uh, in the heat on Monday that he got run over? Yeah, he should have won. He had every chance, really. He needs to lift this week. Okay. Can he do it? He can. I think we'll drive him a little bit different. Um, I don't... I don't know if he's ever won in front. I can't recall if he has. Um, obviously, I've only driven him a couple of times, so throughout the derby and then the other day, but he just wasn't very genuine in front, uh, lazy and not wanting to go much. And then one of the men has got the inside and, and sort of nabbed him right on the line. But uh, I think we'll have to drive him a bit more 
quite this week and um, hopefully they run it genuine, which they usually do in these races. But uh, he, he's a quality horse, but he, he'll need his attitude to lift a little bit. All right. Speaking of quality, the filly just hope She couldn't have been any more impressive on Monday. Scorching time. And she just looks like she's getting bigger and better each and every time she steps out. New South Wales Oaks two runs ago, and then she scored that brilliant heat win on Monday. She's at the top of her game right now. Yeah, she is, Chris. She sort of went to Sydney, and we had a real bad week with her in Sydney. She didn't eat, and it just everything went wrong. Um, and then she came out and won the final, which was, um, I just couldn't believe it, really. But it just showed how, how classy she is. And then she went home, and she sort of went off her food again. And sort of the last sort of week, she's been really, really good, um, eating good. She come up here, she settled in great. Uh, so she needed to do a little bit. Um, heart rate was great. Just pulled up terrific after the heat. And, um, yeah, just really, really happy with her at the moment. I think she's really in the zone. Okay, from that draw, do you just press the button early because she's got that great early speed? Do you go forward and try and take control as quickly as you can? Yeah, we'll press the button and then obviously have to make it hard for Madrid. Okay, it, it looks a two-horse race. They, these are quality fillies, just hope in Madrid, but it, it's hard to sort of make a case for anything else in the field. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, uh, I thought um, part of Chevelle was a good run in her heat. You know, she come from third and they only walked and sprinted. Um, but the barrier draw probably makes it a lot harder for her as well. But wherever she's up to these quality ones, I, I probably doubt. But uh, I still thought her running the heat was full of merit. Okay. I'm tipping you'd be happy to walk away with one of these Group 1 features. But there's every chance that you could have multiple Group 1 victories tomorrow night. I'm not going to be greedy, Chris. I'll settle for one, yeah. <laughs> have you got a preference one over the other? Oh, Just Hope. I really love Just Hope. You know, she's she's a sort of family trained horse. But in saying that, like, I've uh, got a real soft spot for for Petrarca. Denny Zav is a great mate of mine. Clayton and Emma have been great supporters of mine. And then you got Emilio's Philly Treasure Stride, who is trained, trained at home. And um, Emilio's been great too. So I don't really have a favourite. They're sort of, you know, they, they're all, they all mean as much to me as each other. But, um, you know, dreams are free. I'd love to win three, but we live in hope. All right. I know we've spoken about this previously, but with Just Hope, the, the Queensland Oaks, is that still a possibility for her later this year? Yeah, massive possibility for her. Um, sort of, she sort of fits in pretty good with everything that she's got. So um, depending on her health and, and how she's going at the time and everything like that, but um, that's one of her main targets, definitely, Chris. All right. Good stuff. A couple of other horses that I wanted to talk about with you. Hi, my name is Jeff, who's fresh off his victory last week in the Melton Plate. You're down to drive him on Saturday night at Melton. Can he win again? Oh, I can't say why not. Um, he's, they said at home he's, they're really happy with him. Um, he's, he's always been a quality horse, but he's just had a little bit of sort of trouble with his gait. But we've seen to iron a few creases out with him, and um, he, he strung a few together. He probably should have won four on the bounce, really. He got beat. The Ballarat when he got crossed from the pole, but he got a flat tyre sort of as soon as they said go. So David Moran drove him on that occasion and didn't knock him about early to try and hold the front. Um, just thinking, keeping in mind with, that he had a flat tyre, but he sort of stuck on really well that day and run second. And then um, he got beat when he got parked out in 52 uh, a couple of runs ago. And then his win last week was, was awesome. You know, Mark said he was never off the bit and he just won in second gear. But he's a really quality horse and... Um, yeah, I think whatever beats him will win. Okay. And a couple of others that you're, you're penciled in for in the, uh, the coming weeks and months. Ladies in Red and Lock and Varad. I'm sure you're looking forward to these opportunities. 
Yeah, it's not a bad couple to get a, get the sit behind, is it, Chris? <laughs> There's a bit of power there. Yeah, there is a bit of power and they're great quality horses. You know, Lock of our arts obviously got a little bit of a question mark if he'll ever get back to where he was, but uh, I'm sure if, if he's not sort of up to there, he probably won't be at the races. Um, the ladies in red, well, her record speaks for itself. You know, she does things that horses aren't meant to be doing. So, yeah, I'm very excited and very grateful to get the opportunity. You know, David Moran's a close mate of mine and Kevin Gordon's been really good and Forrest and Bloodstock, well, they're, they're just great to me. They've gone above and beyond to help me and uh, it'd be great to repay them to win a big race on ladies in red, that's for sure. All right, well, there's plenty to look forward to and it all starts tomorrow night with those four drives and those four Group 1 features. As always, Nathan, really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Thanks very much, Chris. It's always a pleasure, mate. There's Nathan Jack joining us. He is one of the uh, the boom drivers in Australian harness racing right now. He's got some uh, great uh, power at his disposal and we've just gone through a few of them for this weekend and what's to come over the next couple of weeks and months. One man that's also got some really good power in his stable is Ricky Elgin and he's about to join us online now because he set the player role at this meeting in Bathurst tomorrow night and he's online with us now. Ricky, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, let's talk about Tarbelli going around in this Group 1 final, the Gold Crown final. You've got to go up against Petrarca, but uh, he was super impressive last week, going the quickest time of the heats. Were you happy with the performance? Yeah, look, he went really well, Chris. Um, you know, his record's nearly unblemished. He got beat in the Sapling Stakes, uh, but I'm still happy with his run there. And he's pulled up well from the heat, and yeah, he's drawn quite well. Okay. Nathan just made a good point. If he didn't have that defeat in the Sapling Stakes two starts ago, there's every chance he'd be the Blue Wars and he'd be a, an odds-on favourite. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, you know, he I was still happy with his run in the Sapling Stakes. He just sort of moved really good and, and raced to the front. And he just got a bit lost and ducked in and sort of never really stretched back out after that. Um, I think if he was held up... Um, you know, to, to sprint the last 200, he would have raced away with it, but he just sort of got left out in front a little bit. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a quality horse, and, you know, yeah, they're, they're all quality horses to make a race like that, so that's uh, a strong race. All right, well, let's break him down. You, you've worked with some really quality stock over the last couple of years in particular, but this guy's had four starts. He was a first-up winner at Menangle in 53. Then he went to goal and won the, uh, the race there in 55-9. He got beaten in the Sapling States in 53-2. And then he won his heat of the gold crown last week in 54-8. So he's got speed to burn. Yeah, that's right. That's one thing. Um, and it's sort of hard to get a form line around a few of the other horses in the race because they haven't actually run the sessions he's run, but they also, you know, they've never been asked to. So it, it's sort of, it is sort of a hard race to analyse on, on what the other horses can actually do. But one thing, like, my bloke's got on the board is he can follow speed. Um, whatever speed they run, he'll be following it. Okay, it's so where does it. he sort of... Where does he sort of rank then, uh, Ricky, compared to some of the others that you've had in recent years? Because he looks like he's, you know, a real precocious type. Yeah, look, it's hard to say. I mean, we, we really um, nursed him through his preparations early. I had him and another horse called Il Bandito. Uh, you know, he won first up and then we kicked him out. They they were um, by far our best two horses. But th this horse wasn't always one that, you know, I thought was real good. Or we, I, I was just sort of on the fence with him for a while. And then one day the, the penny just started to drop with him and he's kept improving ever since. And... You know, his first run when he went 53, I probably didn't expect him to go that quick. Um, 
you know, but he did it quite comfortably. And then from then, he, he's just really come on. Um, so who, who knows how far this horse will go? But he's got a really bright future. Um, but he's one of those horses that just does what he has to. And they're the ones that um, sometimes can, can go a long way. Okay. Tell me this. Is he a graduate of the Reckless Healing Sale? Yes, he was. Yep. He um, was been a family bred him and uh, he never met his reserve at the sale. So they, they brought him, brought him back. Okay. So is that race series coming up later this year a, uh, another target for him? Uh, that, that's his next target. Um, after tomorrow night, that's his only target, actually, for a little while. He'll, he'll have a short break and then Redcliffe is, is, his, um, is his main goal after Bathurst. Okay. All right. So he's the first crop of Huntsville and uh, obviously... They're quite impressive. They've got speed. Yeah, they are. It's a shame that um, he's not back out here and you can't get him. But uh, I've been told, and I'm not sure how true it is, that there's a few pushes to get Huntsfield back. So um, if that happens, I'm sure he'll be a very popular stallion for a couple of years. All right. In the Gold Chalice final, three-year-old Colts and Geldings here. Rubini, unfortunately, he's come up with the outside of the second row. He was a runner-up in his heat earlier in the week. Is he any sort of chance here in this final? Oh, he'd be a look. The 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 barrier draws made it extremely hard for him, but you know he'd definitely be a top four prospect if the luck came his way. He's an improving horse, still pretty big and dumb, doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, but if he was tucked away somewhere and they happened to go mad up front, um, you know he, he could run into the top four. Uh, but yeah, he's going to need a lot to go his way. Okay, the Group One Gold Bracelet final for the three-year-old fillies. Many think this is a race in two between Just Hope and Madrid. Your filly's coming along really well, Soho Rhapsody. She's been placed in three of the last four. She's got a second-row draw herself here, but can she be the spoiler? Yes, I think she can. Um, uh, I've got a high opinion of this filly. She was unlucky not to make the Vic Bread final. Um, she carried a flat tyre and had to be. Um, pulled up out of the race. So if you take that sort of out of a form line, she, she's really raced well her whole career. And if you look at the sectionals the other day, she was by far the fastest um, last 800-metre runner. I think she went 54 dead um, and was still taking ground off Just Hope. So, you know, obviously she's going to need a few things to go her way, especially, um, you know, if Madrid and Just Hope happen to go to war up front. Um, that would put her into it if, you know, uh, Just Hope leads and Madrid just goes and sits outside it and they dictate, well, then it's going to be hard for the back markers to get into it. But but she is a, a pretty quality little filly. It's probably a little bit underrated. If she happened a lot, it wouldn't surprise me. All right. Queensland Oaks, could that be a target for her? Yeah, she, she'll make the trip to Queensland. All right. And Captain Crusader steps out in the uh, the Lord Mayor's Cup there tomorrow night. Uh, he was fourth at his most recent start. He gets in this race with a concession claim. Is he capable of bouncing back here? Yeah, look, um, he definitely is capable, Chris. He's a quality horse. I've sort of lost him a little bit this preparation. Um, he came back really, really well, and um, he went to Queens, uh, Melbourne for the Bonanza and had a pretty tough run, and... No, he's still been racing well since then, but I, I just wasn't sure if he was at his best. Um, like he, he went good when he got beat in 49. I thought his run was good. And I thought he should have won his last start. Um, I was 2,300, and you know, he only got beat three metres. He ran fourth, but I still thought he was entitled to win. Um, we've freshened him up the last two weeks, and, and he worked really, really nice on uh, Monday. So if he was to bounce back, it definitely wouldn't surprise me because he, he's in a really good frame of mind. 
is the rising sun a, uh, a long-term target for him? Oh, look, I'd, I'd love to be able to get him into that race because he proved last year that, um, you know, he, he's competitive in those races. Um, yeah, it's just sort of made it hard, these three-year-olds or coming into their four-year-old season here in Sydney when it's drawn on your dollars and everything. Like, he was a 110 rater and he's virtually got to go into the free-for-alls here and it's, the horse isn't going as bad as, you know, probably some of his form reads. It's just tough racing here. So if we can get his form back on the board, um, yeah, I'd love to have a track at a race like that with him. Yeah, OK, that's really understandable what you're outlining there with Captain Crusader. Am I right in saying that crunch times are scratching from an angle on Saturday night? Yes, crunch time won't go around, yeah. OK, OK. No issue? No, no, no issue at all. Um, just sort of, he's had a few hard races and uh, I ended him in that race thinking both those horses, you, you wouldn't believe it, they still haven't won their Metropolitan races here in Sydney, which is a, a $20,000, um, you know, for horses that haven't won uh, a race over 18000 They still haven't won that race. So I was hoping Crunchtime got in the bottom division of the free floor, but he didn't. So as it turns out, that race is quite strong and... He probably doesn't need to be racing those top horses this week with the Wagga race. Heat's only two two weeks away, so I just feel like to withdrawing. Okay. And you've got a runner at Redcliffe here on Saturday night. What's up, Sunshine? He's a good quality horse, and he looks extremely well placed. So this has been a bit of a plan? Yeah, look, um, I think the horse is absolutely fine. His sectionals here have been really good. Um, yeah, he's, he's just below the 80 grade, and Sydney's tough to... Um, place these sort of horses. Uh, a lot of, you know, what relies on barrier draws. And last week, um, I actually thought he'd go quite close. We couldn't cross to the front, and then they went a 32 quarter, and they got home in 25, and he made good ground. So I was like, you know what? There's, I think the next three weeks in Queensland, there's potentially this race for 20,000 every week. So I just spoke to Brad Watts' owner, and we're like, yeah, why not? Like he keeps getting pushed back to the 13 thousand dollar race here in sydney because as i mentioned it's on dollars so if you don't have the top dollars you get pushed back to the second division um and that's what he was happening with him so we, we've decided to send him up there where he can race for 20 grand and then he'll stay on for the winter okay and how is your team building for the uh, the winter campaign in queensland yeah um yep really good we've got a few few that are probably a month off um, and there's What's Up Majestic, he'll, he'll come up. Uh, I've got a nice mare called Girls Are Best that's um, unbeaten out here. She's four from four in Australia, she'll come up. Um, Soho Rhapsody, Sugar For My Honey, I'll go up for the Oaks. Uh, a little horse that's in tonight that I quite like at Penrith called Beefy Benson. He, he'll come up. Um, yeah, Captain Crusader, Crunch Time. Tough Monarch will be back. Yeah, we've, we've got a few nice horses, but there's a lot of them that are on tough grades too, but um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back up there. Okay, and Tough Monarch, he's just having a little bit of an easy time at the moment? Yeah, he, he went out. He, he's going to have a month off. He'll have another two weeks or, or another 10 days. And, um, you know, they don't lose all that much fitness in a month. So he, he'll be um, heading that way, providing all as well. All right. Are you making the, the, the trip up on Sunday for the sale at all? No, look, I'd like to. Uh, just this um, Bathurst. I haven't missed Bathurst. I think we've been there four times. Tomorrow will be five times in the last 10 days. And it's just, um, it actually takes it out of you a little bit, all the travel. Yeah. So I, I've just decided to, to not go up. Um, we'll watch it online um, and, yeah, see how we go. We, we still might buy up there, but, you know, I won't be there on the day.
unfortunately. Right. There is a half to Tardelli going under the hammer? Yes, there is. There's a rock and roll heaven filly, which is a half to Tardelli. And, yeah, you know, um, it should, should be for sale as long as she meets her reserve. All right. Well, really looking forward to the weekend. You've got some key chances. There's no doubt about it, and they're spread far and wide. But uh, fingers crossed you can get some uh, luck on your side. You can claim one of these uh, nice races headed your way, hopefully. And uh, we'll see you in Brisbane sooner rather than later, by the sound of it. Yep, looking forward to getting up there, Chris, and hope for a bit of luck over the weekend, and that's all we can ask for. Great stuff. Really appreciate it, Ricky. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Ricky Elgin joining us from Sydney, so he's got key runners tomorrow night at Bathurst, and, uh, of course, he's got a runner at Redcliffe on Saturday night, so he looks like he's going to be very hard to beat. Shane Graham has been booked to drive that runner of Ricky's at Redcliffe on Saturday night, so... Hopefully, uh, he'll bring uh, a really strong team. It's uh, building nicely by the sound of it. Let's talk all things harness racing in Perth, Gloucester Park. They've got a feature night coming through again tomorrow night. The Group 2 Champagne Classic for the two-year-olds. That is the feature. It comes through as race number seven. Our man in the West is Matty Young, and he's online with us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. I'm looking forward to this race tomorrow night. Valedictorian steps out, but it looks like he's going to have some pretty stiff opposition here. Yeah, it's a really nice field. Uh, there's a little bit of conjecture over the placement of this race uh, with the change to the season being calendar year. We normally see this race in May with a normal uh, September to September season, which uh, would signify that we would normally have this race in August under that old system, which gave horses a bit more time to be able to build up some form so now we're just seeing the best horses that have been able to race and win, which uh, holds some really good form lines into this race. Valedictorian 2 from 2, same with uh, Soridere. Uh, Lethal Edition, a winner on Monday. Major Overs 2 from 3, and Rolling Fire has won 1 of 1. So it's a really nice field. Valedictorian, as we spoke about last week, he was so impressive in the troll. He had a crack at 2,100 metres at Pinjarra, and he couldn't have been more impressive. So... He looks really hard to beat and should be able to justify the short quote. Okay, so Valedictorian to make it three on the bounce. Five of the seven runners are last start winners, so it just uh, uh, underlines the, the statement you made. It is a race with a little bit of depth there, so we look forward to that. What about just going back to last week? Um, he just keeps on keeping on. Volton 10, he was able to take out the Governor's Cup last week, and uh, he's just a marvellous horse. He is. He's on the cusp of the million dollars, uh, 988800 and a change in the kitty. He's drawn one into the Bunbury Cup tomorrow night, uh, I should say on Saturday night. So barrier one for him. He has got the draw where he's going to lead. And then you have Papanik, who led him last week, has drawn eight. He's going to get the perfect run on his back. So will they switch the results? Time will tell. But uh, I would say Papanik is going to be breathing fire at the top of the straight. But he's a wonderful horse, Bolton 10. Uh, I've known the Costello family pretty much my whole life. A wonderful family, and they really deserve this. He's a Westbred. If he cracks the million, which looks likely to happen very soon on his current form, uh, he will be the third Westbred millionaire joining the likes of David Hercules and has the answers. So two absolute stars from the West over here. Multiple Group 1 winners and uh, it looks like Bolton tends about to join some royalty. Yeah, well, that's a lead company, no doubt about it. So he certainly looks like he's got every opportunity to break through uh, coming up with that inside gate there on Saturday night. That's the Bunbury Cup. But uh, it's a strong line-up there, as you outlined, with a, a couple of quality rivals there. 
Let's focus on Gloucester Park as far as your best bet is concerned tomorrow night. Which race are we looking at? Uh, let's go to race four, Chris. Uh, race four, number two, Doc Holiday. He's got the speed. His last run was real eye-catching when he went back. He hugged the rail and it was a quick last half and he ran up behind an absolute brick wall and he was charging to try and break that wall down, but he couldn't get into the clear. Uh, that was a nice field where we saw Lawrence win, know when to run. The uh, previous Group 3 winner in recent times. So Doc Holliday's got the draw. The reason I like him so much is I think he'll lead and he's a very good front runner. And Ideal Agent is in the race. And we know how good Ideal Agent was going before going for a break. He was beaten in the uh, Knights of Thunder in 151 and change. He sat parked in a heat of the Knights of Thunder going 151 uh, for a mile. It's uh, an amazing, amazing record that he's been able to build up in recent starts. I think he's going to take a lot of interest in the market. But he is first up. And racing one off the fence, I think Doc Holliday can beat him. So it looks to be a two-horse race. And I think Doc Holliday with race fitness and the rail is the way to go in race four. Okay, so race four, number two, Doc Holliday. And uh, for the superstar baseball pitcher. So we'll mark him as the best bet coming through. That looks like it's going to be a good race as well with Ideal Agent drawn out in gate nine. So race four, number two, the best bet. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. No worries, Chris. All the best.